A teacher recounts her scandalous past. A journalist gets caught up in an international conspiracy. The Jode family moves west. A Jewish barber bears a remarkable resemblance to a fascist leader. A woman chooses between her first love and current beau. A murder case is upended by a discovered correspondence. The crew of a merchant ship faces travails. A period of time in Grover's Corners. Tracy's second wedding is not going as planned. And the new Mrs. De Winter arrives at Mandrelay. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1940. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to Rebecca. Hi, Craig. We're here. We're doing it. Okay. So we need to hit three things before we dive into 1940. Oh, okay. Okay. The first thing is... bringing this on me. I think it's three. It could be two. I might have forgotten the third already. Uh Uh-oh. First thing is, we started and your your son was screaming. Yeah. In the background. Of, and yeah. I think it's probably, you said it's because he fell off the couch under Maddie's care. But yeah. I think it's because he just listened to our top 10 episode and then found out within like five days of us recording that we both had new number ones. <laughs> I just want to say that I had said to you, are yeah. you sure you want to record this early? Yeah. And you yeah. were like. Really, by the way, people don't know that that's what your voice sounds like. Yeah, I really put on something different for Mm -hmm. the pod. Mm -hmm. And then almost immediately, we, yeah, we changed. I still have not seen your number one. Right. Do you have, so I know what your number one is, and I would like for you to, you know, tell tell the fans, tell the listeners, tell the shitties. Tell the Um, shitties. The (laughs) shitties. Yeah. Um, but I also want to know if there are any other films you have seen that you would say snuck into your top 10 since um, we recorded. Okay. So I think, no, uh, okay. I have some documentaries that I need to, that are on my watch list and some other things. Um, and I still haven't seen four things, but I did see all of the strangers and it's, I was, I'll be honest with you. I was a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. That was like my, I was very hyped for that movie and it was yeah. fine. I do not think the ending works, not giving it away. Yeah, I can see that. I don't like the ending. Um, But my new number one, ring-a-ding-ding. And it's honestly, a lot of it is because of Snoop. A lot of it is Snoop. Did you see that Snoop Snoop was at the Oscar luncheon? Messy? 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 I did. I did. Mm -hmm. Great name, both in in character and out. Um, Anatomy of a Fall, man. I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. And I love her. Sandra Did it give you any It definitely gave you ideas. It gave me, <laughs> it didn't get, just give me ideas. It gave me a plan. First of all, yeah. plan number one, move to France because their judicial system is wild. Yeah, Loved very it. different. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, you should yeah. say Megan, Megan's apartment, uh, you enter, but you immediately have to walk up steps. So if anywhere on the, in the living area of Megan's apartment, you are at least a story up. So... And those steps, they're dangerous. 
Yeah, just, stay away. You could stay just away trip. from the steps, Maddie. <laughs> Anything could happen to Laura's Claiborne. Be you careful. You could just trip and fall. And the back stairs, there's concrete at the bottom. You could just the, the back stairs are very treacherous. Very treacherous. So, yeah. Anyway, everything's going super well in my life and my marriage, though, in case you guys <laughs> so are wondering. So if, if, if Maddie was playing a Calypso version of PIMP in the laundry room, he could be in real danger. Why would that be the song? My only issue with that movie, I was like, that's, I get it that he was playing it to like annoy her, but wouldn't that drive mm-hmm. you insane just because it's the, it's over and over and over again? I guess that's, you know, that's just something you do. Like you have to sometimes annoy yourself to annoy your mate. Been there. Been there. All right. Um, I also have a new, I also have a new number one. You have a new number one. Which is the zone of interest, which, I don't know, it's not a happy watch. Uh, There's not, there's not a lot of positives to take from Auschwitz. Yeah. Um, But it was terrific. It was uh, fantastic. Um, I don't know. I think you are going to appreciate it. I will be. I do not think it will dethrone anatomy of a fall for you, and I don't know that you will love it. Even maybe you won't even like it. I think you'll at least appreciate it, though. I'm very excited to watch. That's. I'm very excited to watch it. I cannot wait. Um, yeah. I'm going to do poor things tonight too, and I'm going to do that Chilean documentary. I think this weekend as well. The one about the um, couple with guys. Oh, the the uh, the eternal memory. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. The only two I've watched, I watched uh, watch Twenty Days in Mario. I watched Twenty Days in Mariupol, which is the Ukrainian one, which yeah. is very upsetting. And I watched Bobby Wine, which is also very upsetting uh, in a different way. I haven't watched Four Daughters yet, but I feel like it will be upsetting. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched The Eternal Memory, which, of course, Alzheimer's, which will be upsetting. upsetting. And then the one that you can't see right now because it's not streaming is uh, To Kill a Tiger, which is about rape. So <laughs> just uh, just all the great things uh, the documentary branch really wanted to... You, know, um, you can tell what's going on in our world from... Um, Documentaries and guess what? They're all pretty upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the other thing I really wanted to make sure that we hit on, because I, I think I did forget the third thing, which was not one of the main two things that I wanted us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is we, of course, need to know from you our number one Beyonce correspondent. What do you think of the new songs? You know, Texas. Then hold them. Um, I, you can't see me, listeners, but I am wearing a ten gallon, and I've got a little bolo tie on. And yeah, you are in your attest, act too. I boot, I boot scooted my way into here. Yeah. Um, she's a star. She can do everything. I love both of these songs, and I texted my sister, like. Cannot stop listening to new Beyonce. I like 16 Carriages, too. It's like, but I yeah. like Texas Hold'em is like, what a blast. Well, I, I listened said, to 16 Carriages first, and I was like, this is good. And then I listened to Texas Hold'em, and I was like, damn. And you know how they're going to do some crazy-ass line dance in that music video? And yeah. it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to fucking slap. And, I mean, we knew she could do it from Country Grammar. Or not Country Grammar, from... Um, 
you know, the song. Daddy which, Lessons. Daddy Lessons, sorry. Daddy Lessons. Um, she is everything. I did text my sister and I said, uh, like, can't stop listening to new Beyonce. Do I like country music now? Question mark. Cause she loves country. She's like a country yeah. fan. And she wrote back. <laughs> I mean, no, you still don't like country. I wouldn't put that single <laughs> under country, even though it is. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the stupid thing to me. I know all these people that are like, I hate country music. I can't believe Beyonce is doing that. It's like, it sounds like a Beyonce song. It sounds like a Beyonce song. It has song. country influence, yes. I would For say sure. Daddy Lessons is more country than either of these songs. I fully agree with that. I fully agree with that. I think that's true. Um, but I think, it, anyway. I, think the, the, I think that the Act 2 is going to slap. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. They're saying yeah. she's not going to tour with it, though. It's just going to be a Vegas residency thing. In which case... Guess who else is going to Manderley, Manderley, Manderley Bay? Last night I dreamt of Manderley Bay Last again. Last night I dreamt of Mander- <laughs> Mandalay Bay. And Bay was there. <laughs> that all works. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You would be the Mrs. Danvers of Manderley Bay. <laughs> A misunderstood character, if there ever was one. Megan just walking the casino floor, blouse buttoned all the way to the top. <laughs> I do not do well in Vegas. I'm going to be a one hundy popo with you right now. It, people, I do not fit in. I do not fit in. Which is funny because you like to be uh, at pool Drunk. parties with large groups of youngsters. <laughs> I prefer drinking alone. Also, I don't like math. And there's feels like a, like gambling yeah. feels like a lot of math. I'm adding sums in my head and it's I'm just a girl. I can't do that. <laughs> we got BFAs for a reason. <laughs> but I will go for Beyonce. I yeah. will go. Thomas Crottinger sure. better be taking me cuz that's Yeah. He's my my sign, s- sign you up. Yep. Um should we dive in? I was looking back, you know, we haven't had, we haven't had a review of our podcast in a while, but uh, one of our recent ones, I think maybe our most recent one, one of their big complaints were that uh, we don't go right into it, that we talk about other things for like the first like 10 minutes. And to them, I say, listen to a different podcast. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I'm like, babe, we're, (laughs) you think we're going to change for you? Listen, I would if I could. I would if I could, but I can't. One of our other um, reviews thinks that I am a, a, a Harvey Weinstein apologist, too. So. Yeah. Which, honestly, to from from the pod, I wouldn't get that. I mean, from talking to you off pod. Oh, yeah, the, in, in real life, 100%. Yeah, you, that's you know, different. But, you know. but I have the wherewithal to keep those opinions to myself. Yeah. Um, 1940. You know, we a texted a little ago. bit about this. Long time ago. Pretty good year. I would say great year. Yeah. A real um, diamond in the rough. I would say I have a very firm one, two, three. I have a very firm 10 and a nine. And then like four through eight, I could probably be swayed by our conversation. They all wow. kind of fall in the same, well, in the same like camp a lot of pre- to me. This feels like a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. 
I have a very um, clear ten. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I think we have. The, I think we have the same ten. Um, so let's start. Let's start it off. Big year for our girl Betty Davis, star of BG. two Best Picture nominees. I'm but the first one is her. all this and heaven, and heaven too. Um, I'm obsessed with her. She's like, I did a real deep dive. I mean, I already knew like shit about her. Like she was the first female president in the Academy and she's loves fucking making herself look unattractive. I guess like she just like goes for it. She's always like, she does, she has no vanity in that way. Um, which is like for an actress, especially an actress of that era, like feels pretty, uh, unique. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie is kind of good. Yeah, uh, it opens and she's this new teacher uh, for a class full of harpies. By the way, French teacher, <laughs> not a great accent. French, fr- she is French in, in this movie, though she speaks English, you know, with her regular. Right. She's from Massachusetts. <laughs> and um, not a great, not a great French accent. Uh, just speaking as a... As a Francophile. Your mother, of course, was a French teacher. Of course. Yeah. Yes, you're um, But, yeah, she's the French teacher, and they're all, like, little bitches. They're all, like, yeah. like <laughs> fucking bitches. Truly, I'm like... Because oh. there's there's all this scandal, and they, are, they immediately know about it. I don't know how in, like, turn of the century... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, England yeah, we have the newspapers. They are, I'm like, like What? <laughs> you guys you just exists? went over and grabbed like the 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 Paris Gazette and then um uh but anyway most of it is flashback so this is really just this is our uh our yeah, bookends to the device, story this all, is our framing device yeah um so she's she's basically she's hired to be you know the nanny slash Tutor, governess. We call that a governess. Yeah. She's a governess, Craig. She's a governess. Um, for this family who it's a uh, a well-to-do family. The mother comes from much esteem. The, the, that's, that's where the riches come from. And the father's very nice. And the mother is awful. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she, she's not winning no Mother of the Year awards. I think my favorite. Would you say I think I'm my favorite her? part. Better at it than her. Yeah, I think I, my favorite part of it is when she's like, "No, I can't go shopping without my five-year-old son, even if he is ill. So I'll take him out, and then he almost dies." <laughs> <laughs> and then the entire time he's like sick and convalescing, she's like, mm, "I cannot be bothered to deal with this right now." I'm gonna be. Yeah, she's basically round. like, "I can't be bothered," and this is the governess's fault in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though both my husband and the governess said, I really think you shouldn't take your ill son out shopping with you in an open carriage the driving that, through the streets of Paris. Yes. The part of this movie that was confusing to me is, um, and by it's just because we've been watching these movies in reverse order, like from the later 40s, is the dad is the bad guy in Gaslight. And mm-hmm. the sort of a bad guy in Hold Back the Dawn? Yeah, Hold Back the Dawn. <clears throat> um, so I was kept expecting him to be... He is the only person in the movie with an accent. Very thick accent. Yes, because he's actually French. Because he's actually French. 
Um, and I kept expecting him to be the bad guy. He's not. He falls in love with Betty Davis, the governess, because she gets she's real nice horned up kids. because she's good at. Yeah, he yeah. he basically like jerking off watching her, her like teach the children math. Yeah, which by the way, <laughs> uh, any yeah, you want to do that shit for my kids? I'll I'll go down on you. Whatever you know, like, great. Whatever. Um, I uh, I liked him. I liked them together. He ends up killing the wife. Spoiler alert. In yeah. a fit of rage. It's a very crazy death scene. <laughs> yeah. It's basically just a close-up of the wife going, no, 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 no. <laughs> Pretty great. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, and then she dies, and then the, the, again, French judicial system. Wild. Wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They basically just decide Betty Davis is. Put him up to it. Put him up to it. Was yeah. like, hey, you need to kill your wife so we can be together. Um, can I ask you, this is actually kind of going back in the story. Let's say you were to go in for a job interview. You have, you know, worked in child care. Doesn't sound like me, but okay. In your, in your you know, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, if you went in to interview uh, to watch people's children and they were just scream fighting uh, with each other, would you be like, yeah, seems like a good job. No, Sign me I, up. I'll live with these people. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound. Maybe she likes it. it w- I couldn't be me. Could not be me. But maybe yeah. she likes a challenge. Yeah. Remember those kids I used to nanny in college? Yes. Like, remember, you were a you like it was. I can't remember if when you moved to LA or you were just out of town. So I babysat them for a week. Do you remember this? I don't remember. Oh my god, I don't remember this. So I babysat them for a week in Tribeca. It was a very a great Tribeca loft that they did absolutely nothing with. Nothing with with. the (laughs) the walls didn't even go to the ceiling, and I'm like, your kids are getting older, man. Like you, you, you're all gonna want some privacy for sure. Yeah. Um, I often think of that young boy and wonder uh, if he ever got the therapy he needed. He had he, severe the anger issues. Severe anger issues. And the therapist that he was seeing was the mom's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, that's crazy. No. I did not realize you. But the little girl was cool. She was like. Well, so, so the big thing I remember is one day I took them to the dog park because there was also a dog. And it was the one day. Uh, it was one of like seven auditions I had in the entire time I went to New York. I had it directly after I was finished like watching them. So I had already changed. We went to the dog park and then he sprayed me with a hose <laughs> that they had in the dog park to, you know, clean up dog shit and stuff. The little boy. And he's, I was wearing like my audition stuff. And he, and we and say little boy. When he we say was little not boy, we're little. not talking about six. We're no, talking about like, like 10 11. or 11. Yeah. 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 Old enough to know better, but still oh, too young to care. I would have fucking, I would have killed. I didn't, I, I never cared for that little boy, and I'll say mm. it right now. Never cared. <laughs> Did like his sister very much. Yeah. She and I had a bond. She was chill. He's in his, like, late 20s now, right? <laughs> oh, my God, that's wild to think about. Yeah. Do they think of me ever? Probably not. No. Anyway, uh, no, I mean, I took that job. So although I was a, I was hard up at the time, um, but that was only two kids. This is like four, four kids. And also yeah. there was, you know, there was no hot, uh, husband in the mix or anything. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, it was. It is weird that the Duchess is so. The Duchess is so obsessed with keeping this marriage together because a she's the rich one. She's not losing anything if they if things don't work out. Um, and b she seems to hate Teo anyway. Yeah, I don't understand why she wants to even stay. When she gives her, when she gives Betty Davis that dragon brooch, very, that's, that's very uh, aggressive, I would say. She was just going to get, she was just going to give that brooch to Goodwill anyway. Um, And then, so at the end of the movie, the, you know, all the girls are crying because they've heard this whole story. The Duke's poisoned himself and died and she's gotten off um, and they all hug her. A lot of hugging for someone they've only known for. I mean, she has just told them a story that's an hour and 45 minutes long. So it seems like a weird first class. Should they not have? I guess they probably have one teacher for the whole day, maybe at that school. But then everyone is just hugging her and they seem very close to this woman they just met. And then she says, you've learned tolerance. <laughs> and you know what? Shut it down. School's over. That's, that's a that's lot it. of kids go through 12 years of school and never learn tolerance. No. So that's yeah. the fir- that was their first lesson and they got it on. The, they got it right out the gate, which is pretty good. Even the little bitch girl at the end, she was like, mm-hmm. think about that. And she was like, I'm really sorry. And then she sorry. marries some, some fucking preacher, pastor. pastor. Yeah, there is a little bit of uh, God that uh, creeps into this that I was like, yeah. huh, OK. Well, it's also, but, it's, it's 1940, and it's also like they're French. They're pretty Catholic there. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, anyway pretty, good movie movie. pretty good movie. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is not, this is nothing I'd seen before. It's not something I feel like was ever on my radar, but I would suggest people check it out. I yeah. thought it was pretty good. I wasn't bored. Yeah. Uh, foreign Correspondent. Also not bored. Not bored. I would say my biggest issue, I think, with Foreign Correspondence, and this makes sense because it's 1940, is it seems like a lot of other movies Hitchcock made, and it seems like he learned a lot making it and then made better versions of 100%. the same story later on. 100%. Apparently, Hitchcock said, even though he this was after Rebecca, he said that this was his, like, first, his, the first Hitchcock, the first American Hitchcock movie that he ever made. Mm-hmm. And I see that. Like, I see a lot of the... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I see a lot of the filmmaking in it. My issue with Foreign Correspondent, there's two things to, that I want to say about Foreign Correspondent. My issue is, in the in the macro sense with the plot, <clears throat> they're trying to get... So, I get... Okay, so I guess I went into this movie thinking it was going to be more about journalism. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me just say that up top. I thought yeah, it was gonna so be more the about title journalism. threw you off. Title really threw me... And in the beginning, too, is like it's like you're a journalist. It's all about journalism. We want real stories. Yeah. Go over there. This is not. It's like not a story. Like it's like a who done it. It's like a uncovering like a big plot. It's not like yeah. exposing the story or whatever. This is not right. what journalists do. It's more he acts more like a like a detect- detective or whatever. Yeah. Um. So the whole thing that they're doing is there's the guy that's been kidnapped because they the in, they need to get information from him about the treaty. There's some information in the treaty that's going to help Germany. I mm. I had a problem. I took umbrage with that. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I'm like, the fuck is, like, 
there's a war now, so the treaty is null and void anyway. What is in the treaty? Yeah. Like, what is in a treaty that's going to, like, help them in the war? Nothing. That is right. stupid. And so, I like, the whole lead up to, like, got to know what's in that treaty. And then you never know as a, as, because there is, it doesn't matter, because there is nothing. There's yeah, nothing they're too busy. Treaty. He's too busy spending seven minutes hiding in a windmill. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, there's no, there, we're, it's leading to nothing. So it, there's a lot of cool set pieces, like very Hitchcocky yeah. and set pieces in this. But like on the whole, the idea of it is like, it doesn't work for me in that way. Yeah. But the, yeah. at the end, there's a plane crash. And um, that ruled. I was like, man, for 1940, this is pretty terrifying and cool. Well, so when it first started, the first thing I thought was like, Society of the Snow, this is not this plane (laughs) crash. When a bullet passes, bullet passes through one of the windows and strikes a woman and and everyone's obviously (laughs) concerned about the woman and they should be. But I was like, I feel like this should also have an effect on the plane at this point because there's an open um, and then the. The plane basically and then the plane uh, crashes. But here's my here's my thing though, is I was like, man, they can they're really close they're not miles up. And the and they said Yeah the flight was gonna take like fourteen hours or whatever. Right. So I'm like, okay, so you're flying pretty low. <laughs> That's why yeah. when it crashes, like it the plane doesn't like burst into a million pieces or whatever. Yeah, um, it, it it is very when the water starts rushing into the plane, it is. It's quite harrowing. It's harrowing. It really is. Yeah. Um and uh and then there, and then the scene too of them like waiting on the wing to be rescued. Yeah, um, I liked all of that stuff. I liked a lot of. I mean, even the windmill stuff. Like, I liked a lot of the set pieces. I just was like the the overall story wasn't mm-hmm. there for me. Um, I also okay. feel like the set pieces, not so much the very end, but I felt like almost all the other ones went on like two beats too long. Yeah, I was like, this should have been forty five seconds shorter, or yeah. this should have been a minute and a half shorter. This yeah. segment. Yeah. Um, but our best friend George Sanders is in this movie too, and he is amazing. I love that yeah. guy. Also, did a deep dive on him. Has lived a fascinating life. Do you know he's Russian? Russian I think I did know that. Russian uh, rich was forced out uh, by the revolution, and um, he was working in an office, and the office secretary convinced him to go into acting. Because she, too, also wanted to go into acting. Who was that office secretary? Greer Garson. Yeah. (laughs) Did she end up going into acting? (laughs) (laughs) Also, he killed himself. Mm -hmm. Well. Yeah. um, A couple of things I noted about this movie. Um, First of all, of course, it's 1940s, so... We're going to get married in two days. Uh, <laughs> well, but, they, the uh, eve of war, time was one, running out. You know, in a post-9-11 world where you can't even walk your child to the gate to say mm-hmm. goodbye, it's very interesting to see. He's getting ready. Johnny Jones or Huntley Haverstock, which much better name, by the way, Huntley Haverstock. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know why they gave it to him? Because Johnny Jones is a sucky-ass name. Yeah, <laughs> Like, now we know why they gave him. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, when he's on the ship, getting ready to go, uh, to Johnny is just deeply London. unserious. It's just a deeply unserious name. If your name is it's Johnny, true. yeah, drop the knee. Knee, drop the knee. You're John. You're John. Yeah. What are you, a fucking yeah. child? No. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Um, 
and there's like his entire family is in his cabin. And then they're like, all aboard the goat, all ashore, let's go on ashore. And it's like, up oh, these 25 people have to pile out of my cabin so I can uh, spend the next seven weeks <laughs> on my way to London on this liner. Um, also, a lot of like hat humor. Oh, yeah. where's my hat? They took my hat. My hat blew off. Gotta get that hat. Yeah. Hats, hats are big then. Hats are you a know, big we thing. don't it's not a th- we don't wear hats the same way we used to. I don't that's I, why this yourself, that's why I we wear, don't I wear that's why this country's this country's going nowhere fast because <laughs> we're not a hat culture like we used to be. Actors, there is a really wife, good line about war in this friend, movie, I think. Mother. I'm naming all my hats that I wear. Yeah. Cook. Mm-hmm. Um early on in the movie, Huntley Haverstock is talking to the ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked him about the possibility of war. And he says, my boy, I feel very old and sad and helpless. And I feel like that sums up how I feel about the world right now. <laughs> and for a movie that's basically like a spy film, I was like, well, that cut me to the core, that yeah. one line. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah. But I feel anyway, that so that's foreign correspondent. <laughs> you know what's sad about that is like, yeah, just history repeating itself, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Except now um, we have like Twitter to make jokes about it, I guess. Yeah. And this time we'll have the dictator. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. That'll be something different. That's a different if, it's, a, it's good to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so let's get on to something a little lighter, isn't it? This year is yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really long. Um, let's get on to something a little bit lighter: the grapes of wrath. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching this movie, and and I I just was like, I can't right now, and I just paused it. And Maddie was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I don't like this this movie. It's sad." (laughs) He just goes, "Yeah, man, that's it's the Great Depression." Yeah. It's depressing, you know? Yeah, Tom Tom Jode, you know, Tom getting out Jode. of prison, ready to get back to his life only to Another find winner out. Of a, winner of a name, Tom Jode. Yeah. They got to they gotta get out of here. Got to yeah. get across the country. The, the scene um, of the image of just that tractor literally just rolling over their house is just. Yeah. Upsetting. Tough, toughy. A real, real sad. Real sad. I also don't like kids being hungry, and there's a lot of kids being hungry in this. Yeah. That's actually probably my favorite scene. That's when I got choked up, is that yeah, uh, scene the where they scene. stop into the diner and they're trying to just get a loaf of bread. Yeah. And the and the truckers pay, pay for, for the candy, for the penny candy. And the woman who originally doesn't want to give them a loaf of bread also being like, no, that's two for a penny, even though it's okay. nickel candy. Someone is at the front door. Craig, someone is at the front door. It is. I have. Let me go see what this is. It's probably Uh-oh. just a package. You better so be cutting, you want a monologue for a second? You better be cutting this out. This is not a professional operation at all. I hope you're all watching The Traders. Mostly for Phaedra. Phaedra Parks. And uh, I just want to say, like, don't bet against Housewives. Because I know they're not game players in the way that, like, Survivor and Big Brother people are. But there is a game in Housewives and it's called Keep Your Job and they're all very very good at it 
and they want to stay on that show for as long as possible. It's like the Titanic. You want to stay on it as long as possible. Are you hearing all that? That was the other, by the way, that was the other thing that we needed to talk about. Oh, the traitor? Which is that, no, Titanic, and that you cheated on me. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to talk about, let's save that to the end. Save that for the end, please. Fine, fine. I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want us. I don't want us to fight in front of the kids. Yeah, um, and the kids are foreign correspondent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. Um, I did write down. Tom has a real attitude at the beginning. That guy who gives him a ride when he's just like hitchhiking. Oh, sorry. This, we're like, talking about grapes of wrath now. I'm getting lost yeah. in the weeds. Yeah, I'm, he's got a real attitude. Yeah, for sure. I was like, this guy picked you up. Yeah, of course he's interested in why you went to jail. If you tell someone you were just in jail, everyone wants to know what you're in jail for. 100%. <laughs> and then he said homicide, and I thought he was joking. No, he was not joking. <laughs> he killed a guy and got out in four years. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this movie is... I actually... Can I tell you something? I Famously, me, not a John Steinbeck fan. Mm. Don't like... Yeah. I don't like a lot of his prose, a lot of his short stories, uh, including The Pearl, because I feel like they're, it's very overwritten. Um, I've actually never read The Grapes of Wrath. And now... I've never read The Grapes of Wrath. I never need to, because I saw the movie. You saw the movie, so that's all that matters. Um, I guess the book ends a lot more upsettingly. Like, on a, on Well, I will say even, even with the movie, you know, because both Grandma and Grandpa die. Die. On the way to California. It's like the Oregon Trail. Yeah, and there and I would not say either death is super emotional. No. Um Grandpa we particularly don't know super well. No. Although uh, I he felt dies worse very for early him on. Because he didn't want to go. They had to no. get him like drunk to they, go because he they, was like, I'm not going. Drunked him up on cough syrup. Yeah. Um I will say the so this won two Oscars, Best Director for John Ford, which I would quibble with uh, based on some of the other movies. But Jane Darwell, who plays Ma Jode, won Best Supporting Actress. And I actually think she is the best thing about this movie. Yeah, I agree. Although, I, I mean, I actually really like Henry Fonda, too. Yeah, he's very good in it. I mean, a lot of the people are very good. But I think her scenes, like, right before they leave, her with the earrings, there's a yeah. lot of, like, pretty... You know, we've we've talked about this before, but like some subtle acting choices that you don't expect from films of this era. Yeah. That uh, yeah, that she uh, does just, a really I'm always job. impressed with yeah. when that happens. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. It's it's she seems out of time. George Sanders. Sorry, I meant to say that too. In Foreign Correspondent, he seems like that too. There's a few jokes, yeah. like funny lines that he says that I they're delivered like very contemporary. I'm like, oh that. Like, this would be funny. The way you said that would be funny today, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, she's great, and she has the big, like, emotion. She has the emotional monologue sort of at the end. She sw- swipes, because uh, Henry Fonda has, like, a bit of a monologue, and then she comes in and has the final monologue, and I, I think takes all the wind out of Henry Fonda's sails. And it's very much um, I I did write down that uh, maybe towards the end, you know, when Rose Sharon is... Eight and a half months pregnant. She mm. probably shouldn't be riding that wagon anymore. It feels like that's like uh, that's going to induce like in the middle of well. Nowhere. I just thought the way that it's uh, it's, it's bumping around, like it may induce labor right away. And you know, I don't. I mean, Ma Joe probably has delivered nine kids. What do I know? Yeah, that's true. She do probably you know knows how to do it a herself. Thing that you do when you're pregnant is you 
to. I do I know this because I have seven children of my own. <laughs> and you birthed each and every one. Yes. Yep. You yep. carried them all to term. Mm-hmm. Something that somebody said Home to like, birth. get the baby down is you curb walk, which means you walk along the street, but one foot on the curb and one foot on the... This is the, this is what Ed Norton did in American <laughs> History X. <laughs> yeah, but to a baby. So yeah. Oh. Like, mm. uh, no, it's like yeah. the idea of like the uneven walking, like right. sort of like forces, it opens your hips and forces the baby to drop down. I don't know if that's true, but anecdotally, I did do it up the week leading up to going into labor, which I went into naturally, which doesn't often happen with first time mm-hmm. moms. So, you know, do yeah. that information, what will you will? I mean, ne- you hear it here first. I'm saying to you, for all of our pregnant listeners, if you were not aware, curb, curb walk. walk or stop, you know, however you, do, you want to do it. And you, you know why that is, Megan? Why? Because women flow. And men live in jerks. Is that a lie? Just like Maj, yeah, Ma Jode says, "Man, men live in jerks. Women flow." Okay. I think she just means like women just like go with the f- kind of go with the flow. Oh, okay, she means jerks like herky jerky, not like you're being a jerk. Yeah, right. And I she means that flow men, like men a river, not like yeah. not like uh, menstrual cycle <laughs> on flow. But she could. She could have But she that. could. Ma Jode. Yeah. I liked it. It's good. I mean, it's just like. Yeah. Again, it's, it's just. I can see why it's a classic, but I also feel like it very much does seem like something that is like, oh, shit, I forgot. I have to read The Grapes of Wrath and I forgot my pop quiz on yeah. it is on it tomorrow. Let's just watch I the just, movie and let's stuff. Let's just watch the movie. Yeah. It's funny, though, watching it, I was thinking about like, so obviously this movie came out in 1940, so probably made in like 1939. So like. Yeah. It's interesting to think, like, the Great Depression, like, for them, it, like, just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. That All shit, of them lived through it. That shit just happened. All those actors in the movie lived through it. Yeah. And we can't all be Henry Fonda. No. Unfortunately. Mm. Food the loons. The loons. <laughs> um... Shall we move on to Tomania? I think so. Tomania. Oh, I have a lot to say about this movie. Let's let's do it. The Great Dictator. So, have you ever seen this movie before? I don't think I had seen this before. I honestly, I have not seen a lot of Charlie Chaplin films. I think I've seen no. City Lights, um, but I but that's that's a that's a gap in my. In my movie watching. No, I have not seen a lot of Charlie Chaplin films either. Um, I've seen it's one of the whatever. I had never seen this movie though, in particular, yeah. even though you know what it is. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why it doesn't work, and I appreci- okay. So okay, and so Char- so this is a movie for people that don't know. It's like a, it's a, it's basically dumb Hitler. It's like, what if Hitler was fucking dumb? And Charlie Chaplin, since making this movie in his like memoir or whatever, has said like, I, if I had known what was going on at the time, I never would have made this movie or I never would have been able to make this movie. Right. 
Because the issue is, like, in the same way that I just said, like, oh, the Grapes of Wrath is about the Depression. It's crazy for them. The Depression just happened. This movie, this, like, whole, like, conceit of, like, dumb Hitler or whatever is not funny to me on a couple different levels. Number one is because, like, it's also not my humor. It's, like, very Charlie Chaplin, like, tramp. Slapsticky. Slapsticky, whatever, like, like, crazy humor. Um, but then on top of that, it's like, I know what's happening. So yeah. like, it's, I know what's happening concurrently while this movie is being made. And I'm, I've been, I'm not faulting Charlie Chaplin for this at all, but it's yeah. like not funny. So it doesn't work on a couple different levels for me. Um, and I kind of was thinking about this because I was like, what is like, well, when, it, how do you make Hitler funny? You know? And I think like, I was trying to think, I was like, well, Inglorious Bastards kind of does do that. He, like, he, mm-hmm. Hitler's not a major, and I think part, part of that is because Hitler's not a major character in that movie. Right. Like, he's in literally, like, one scene, I think, and, um, or two scenes. And, again, at the end, he also gets blown away. It's revisionist history. So there's some leeway there. And it's also, you know, made 100 years or 80 years or whatever oh. after the fact, I don't know. I just, I, I think this movie really had me thinking of like, well, what is, what is humor on like on a base level? Like what makes things funny? And cause again, I'm not offended. We've, we've made jokes. We make Harvey Weinstein jokes. Right. Like I'm not offended yeah. by a lot of things. So, yeah. and, it, and I wasn't offended by the, the great dictator, but I also was like, this isn't funny to me on, of, on a variety of levels. And so like, because of that, it doesn't, work and the only part that does work is his big speech at the end but that's not a movie that's just him making right. this you know anti-fascist speech which by the way also comes out of nowhere and doesn't make sense kind of within the context of the film yeah i think the big thing with the speed so i think i talked about this a little bit with to be or not to be which i said i thought probably part of the reason it didn't get as much attention at the time was because it, it similarly does deal with like comedy in Nazi Germany, right. um, which in 1942 was probably even more difficult because there was more known um, at that point. Cause like in the great dictator, we do see camps, but it's not the same. They didn't know. I don't think in 1939, anybody knew there was extermination going on in the camps. They just no. knew that people were being displaced yes. to work camps, you know? So, um, I actually think some of the comedy for me doesn't work well, because it's... Well, and to be or not to be, too, there's not... Sorry to interrupt. There's not a Hitler yeah. character. There's not a Hitler character. Right. There's people that, like, play... There's, like, a, a scene where someone plays Hitler, but it's not actually yeah. supposed to be Hitler. Okay. Um, I think a lot of them, and this just comes from the silent era, I think a lot of the things just go on too long. Like, I think the best comedic moment in the movie is actually the first kind of setup, which is the World War One scene with him in the cannon. Yeah. Which is very little trampish, which I was like, this is actually still pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. But I think a lot of the stuff, particularly like the stuff with uh, Hinkle, which is the Hitler stand-in character, is basically just him saying like German nonsense. Yeah. But they repeat that over and over again, so it does get old, and, like, the whole thing with him with the inflatable globe goes on forever. Um, 
And I so like I the think, Mussolini, the Mussolini stand-in, who yeah. just like he just does like a very over-the-top Italian accent, right? Um, but then just I was like kind of into that a little bit because I was like, this guy's I think funny. I think the Mussolini, I think Mussolini is also there's there's something about the fact that the way Mussolini died was he was you know dragged through the streets of Rome by his own people as opposed to Hitler who took his own life that it feels like Mussolini. You know, nothing, there was no way either of these men were going to truly suffer for what they did because of the horrendous things they did. But Hitler, it feels like, very much just got out of it scot-free, whereas at least Mussolini had to suffer. Um, So I totally understand what you're saying. I think the reason that that end speech really resonated, probably for people at the time, um, is because Chaplin was this, this was his first talkie. Like he had not yeah. made movies. So the fact that this guy who, you know, along with Buster Keaton and Rudolph Valentino, you know, was like the male star of the silent era for him to give this final speech, I think was something huge for people because probably a lot of them had, except on maybe a newsreel had never even heard his voice before. And he doesn't speak for the first, like, he doesn't really speak almost at all as as the barber. Like yeah. he really is just as Hinkle, and yeah. again, that's it's him. Yeah, like a lot of it is just using very German, little yeah. English. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do think the other thing that really stands out to me about this movie is um, so Paulette Goddard plays like you know his the barber's love interest, but there's this whole thing about how we have to try and make her beautiful. And Paula Goddard is like one of the most striking screen presences I've ever seen. She's like yeah. absolutely gorgeous. So basically, she just has like mud on her face, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, how are we going to make this yeah. ugly woman beautiful? Yeah. I don't know. Take a washcloth and like that'll take three seconds to get that off her face, and now she's stunning. It's good um, to know that that she's all that trope." Goes back to the nineteen yeah, thirties, yeah. you know, like oh, what? Oh, you take you your got the glasses, glasses off, off her. Wah wah wee wah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just uh, I appreciate this movie for like its historical significance in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting as uh, like a piece of like history and art in that way. It just yeah. is like it is it the it doesn't work now for me as a, it doesn't, it just doesn't work now for me. And I, and I'm, I don't want to say I was bored, but I just like, again, like you said, like a lot of the bits just kind of go on and on and don't go anywhere. And like, it's not that slapstick stuff is just like not super in fashion or it's just not funny anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And and Um, also like dumb Hitler, dumb Hitler is not funny. Yeah. And, um, and it's definitely not funny in retrospect, you know, in, in retrospect. Um, I like this movie more than you, um, but I I understand everything you're saying about it. Yeah. Uh, shall we talk about Kitty Foyle? Kitty Foyle. I, ha- I went on a journey with Kitty Foyle. Kitty Foyle took me on a journey. Kitty Foyle, one of two films. Ginger Rogers doesn't dance at all. Nope, but one of two films this year, all about Philadelphia and class in Philadelphia. Hmm. And trust me, I feel that every yeah. single day. I was going to say, as a... As I'm a, a real... I'm a real... Can I tell you? I'm a real Kitty Foyle myself. Would you say you're a mainliner? 
No, you're. I'm you're not. A, you're not a mainliner. You're. I live in the city. Yeah, the main line's the suburbs. Oh. Yeah, like Does Villanova. He, Villanova's see, on the main people line. Listen to this podcast is because yeah. someone comes in with the knowledge, and the know-how, of. Yeah. Uh, Although we we did, but we bought our car at Mainline Honda. Wow. Did yeah. you yep. did you ask them if they had seen Cody Foil? And what did they say? <laughs> um, I don't think they remembered. I was like, you they were like, Well, we can't, we don't associate with Kitty Foil. <laughs> um, um Kitty Foil's Kitty Foil's just, you know, she's just from a working class family mm-hmm. and she she meets a man her Irish um, dad who wants to wants to start a paper Judas business. Priest. And, Judas Priest. Um, a fun but he's of- Sorry, go ahead. He's, he's but rich. you know he's a, he's rich. He's yeah. from, and everybody knows rich people and poor people. Mm-mm. Can't oil do and it. water. Yeah, cannot do it. Um, I will. This say, movie. I do want to before we really get into the plot. I do want to say this movie starts with like a silent film esque thing. Yeah, they do. About <laughs> basically the message is women want to have jobs and work and vote. So now they don't get to take a seat on the trolley car. Yeah. Now yeah. they have to stay. That literally is what happens at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, They're sorry. like, That's the women want to be off their pedestal? Well, now you got to stand. <laughs> it was very confusing to me, too, because I'm like, the woman in that opening thing, is that Kitty's mom? Or like, who? that's just another random, some random yeah, woman. Yeah, it seems like it's just some random woman. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was, yeah. now you got to stand. Yeah, you want to learn to vote. Well, now you got to do. So that, it's that episode of 30 Rock where... <laughs> Where she's like, where Liz and Tracy are like, we, we're going to be treated equally. And so then she, he's like, shows up to work and is like on time and whatever. And, and then she goes, she's like, they're trying to change the water cooler. <laughs> she goes, she's like, yeah, yeah, can you change that? And she's like, he's like, no, you're equal to us now, right? So you can change it. And then she changes the water. That is a funny physical bit. Look up Liz Lemon changing the water cooler. <laughs> Tracy Morgan just going, no one help her. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, uh, Kitty Foyle. Sorry. Um, it took me on a journey. Hither and thither. Every time we you also think the movie's f- going to zig, it kind of zags. Yeah. We she, also get a framing device, device with this movie where basically she no looks look. like she's going to go away with this doctor mm-hmm. that she's been proposed to by. But then her first love, who is married. Yes. This with was, the, main, this was the main line man that basically they were going to get married and his family was like, no, 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 no. And, he, and then you know, she was like, he was like, it's OK, we'll all get married to you. I don't care. And then she was like, no, you can't handle you can't handle being poor. Like, no. Yeah. I'm like, well, you're not poor, poor. Like, what are we talking about here? This, listen, yeah. I just watched the Jode family. You're not poor. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. You, Your you dad work. got to die at home, not in a jalopy headed yeah. to California. Headed to California on Route 66. Yeah. I would um, say the fun thing about this movie is, is a fun drinking game is every time they say Judas Priest, take a mm-hmm. shot, you will be yeah. dead by the end. They say that a lot. Um, she's. I very wish that the I wish the song had existed at the time. So when she starts uh, learning from her future self, she could go. I'm listening to the woman in the mirror. <laughs> I'm gonna have to change my ways. 
But then it's not the woman in the mirror anymore. It's just the snow globe that kind of like comes yeah. in and is like, and then you did this. Uh, <laughs> it's like, get rid of that. That's a, that snow globe seems honestly haunted. Get rid of that yeah. snow globe. <laughs> you got to get rid of that snow get globe. Get that out of there. Anyway, whatever. Then it does a flashback. We see her relationship. Then we see the new, the doctor guy who seems very nice, but pretty boring. Then she has a, she gets pregnant and yes, with the guy and after they get married, she's the pregnant. She, yeah. They get married. They get married, but Im- almost immediately annul it. And then realize yeah. she's pregnant. Um, this movie then- whiplashes from hardcore drama to almost sketch comedy. Yes. Like we see her father die and then we see her selling perfume and it's actually a very funny physical comedy bit where she, where for some reason the burglar alarm is in the middle of six other buttons <laughs> that she might need to press. So she accidentally sets off the burglary alarm. Um, so then she fake faints, which is pretty fun. Yeah. That's how she meets And the then doctor. she loses her child. Her child is stillborn. Yeah. And it's a, it is, <laughs> A heart and she's like, scene. they don't. Yeah, and it's she's not like, like they skip over it, and yeah, 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 whatever. It's like a long thing about like he's going to be president in the year two thousand, and then it's like it was horrible. I don't even want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, and and then it's like back to like her crazy roommates in New York, and der, der, der. um, it's also the timeline gets confusing because it's like I thought it had been longer since they annulled the marriage, but it's like oh, I guess it's been four months like at this point like when she's like telling like her boss or whatever that she's pregnant yes. or you know like I that it, it, it seemed longer. like it had been a much longer period of time well and it did that thing that annoyed me which is like he she's before she can tell him that she's pregnant she sees the marriage announcement in the paper yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. in which case i'm just like you should tell him because that would probably change things for him and for yeah. you but okay. <laughs> and then she doesn't have to be. And then, oh God, then it's like absolutely fucking rip your heart out when she's waiting on at the end, when she's waiting on the wife. She, the she goes wife. back. She's living in New York and then she goes back to Philadelphia to basically she works at this like. I don't think it's really just a perfumery. I guess like it's like sort of like it a like a, depart- like a high like end and she just like heads up department that department. Store. Yeah. Um, but so she goes back to Philadelphia to open this new store and she's waiting on the wife of this ex lover of hers who has a son that's basically the age her son would be. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot watch this movie anymore. I need to shut this movie off. This is the saddest thing I've ever seen. She also is she's very good in this movie too. She won she best actress. Star. She did? She's yeah. great. She's winning. Yeah. She's winning. That's what she is. Yeah. Anyway, she chooses the doctor in the end, guys. Spoiler Thank alert. God. The doctor's boring. He's a little boring. So I saw why she was considering it. But literally the baggage. other guy's like, yeah, I'm never going to get divorced. No, I'm, I can't get divorced. I just, it's not going to happen. But, I'll, so, but you can yeah. go on this, you know, ocean liner with me. Yeah. No. Don't choose that guy. Choose the boring doctor. And, yeah. And um, learn to love him. Yeah. Take it Kitty foil. Old people. <laughs> Kitty Foyle, tonally a little strange, but you know what? Pretty good movie. Yeah, pretty good movie. It, it's definitely yeah. tonally strange, but I, I really I really enjoyed myself watching it. Yeah. Um, the Letter, the Betty letter. Davis, part two. Another BD. BD. 
Another. I will say this movie started out a lot stronger for me than it finished. Yes, I feel agreed. like. Yep, I agree. Um, um, it starts because it starts out with well, Betty it Davis off li- with a literal bang. <laughs> yeah, following a man out of the house, shooting him multiple times, and then it seems like she's, which I immediately wrote down as like, don't know uh, that your you know self defense. Sometimes it's hard to get uh, that to go forward when you're. When you've already shot him, and then you're following him out onto the front porch and shooting and him multiple times. Yeah, I loved that house, by the way, that they lived in. They're like this takes place in like Malaysia or somewhere. Yeah, and um, it's like just such like one of those like beautiful old like. I think it. I think it's Singapore. Singapore. I think I looked it up. I don't think they ever really say, but I think no, it says Singapore somewhere. somewhere. In the, yeah, yeah sing- it's just like beautiful gardens and palm trees and it's the, that those house with the shutters, those plantation shutters. Um, it's lovely. Yeah. She kills this guy and you're like, there's gotta be more to this story. This yeah. is BD, you know? Yeah. Uh, she says it's because he was trying to rape her. Mm-hmm. And everybody believes her. She's a white woman in mm-hmm. Singapore. Also, um, everyone's women. like, believe even women. though, even, even though it's, you know, it's a white man that she kills. Yes. People are like, this sounds, and then they're like, uh Oh, we found a letter. The titular, the letter. Rutrow, the le- I lo- You know, I love it when they say the name of the movie in the movie, and a few times, yeah. more than a few yeah. times, people say the letter. Um, There's a great scene a when she goes when she goes to buy the letter, where we see the uh, the wife of the man she's killed, um, who only speaks Malay, so she doesn't speak. That actress's name is Gail Sundergaard, and I uh, would guess she did not speak much Malay uh, in real life. Um, but she cuts quite a striking presence she in does. the film. She, her face could cut glass. Yeah. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah, I do. Great. You mean that her face could cut glass. Yeah, she's got those it. cheekbones. She's got, those, she's got cheekbones, and her eyes are piercing. Eyes. She's pissed at Betty Davis. Fuck my husband. You fuck my husband? You fuck my husband? Fucking fuck my husband. Um, anyway, she buys the letter. They spend like all the savings on the letter. Yeah. And because um, the letter was like, I love you. Come see me. Her, my yeah, husband's her husband, away. Come see me. Her husband is in full belief that, you know, She's innocent. He, of course, eventually finds out and it becomes distraught. I like when um, Betty Davis gets distraught, so she must knit, yeah. furiously oh knit. <laughs> She's working on And you on do her that, lace. too, though. That's, yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I am forever, forever, yeah, in the middle of the party. There's a, like, it's the middle of the party, and she's like, oh, I'm just going to go in the other room and work on my lace. <laughs> she puts these um, giant Coke bottle glasses on. It's very funny. Yeah. I do like that... We get like an expected moment where they're like, we're going to leave Singapore. We're going to go somewhere else. Um, we'll make our love work. You know, this was just. And then mm-hmm. Betty Davis is like, no, I don't love. Like, basically, it's like, no, I can't pretend like I didn't love him. Like, yep. honestly, <laughs> I can't just go on and pretend like things were fine, Girl, which, which was great because I really, I really expected it. like. It was just going to be like, okay, so yeah, sure. now they'll be fine. They'll, yeah. you know, go be probably pretty uncomfortable and it'll just be the two of them because where they're going to move, no one speaks English. They all just speak Dutch. 
Um, but but no. she cannot she cannot live a lie. This cannot be. This cannot stand. And so then she, you know, against her better judgment, or maybe, maybe it was kind of a death wish. She wanders out into the night, into this gorgeous backyard. I need a backyard mm-hmm. like that. It's yeah. Like, it was like a little jungle. Yeah, um, it's a gorgeous backyard. You know what I wouldn't want there to be, though? A woman to stab me? <laughs> a woman with a knife ready to stab you. Yeah. You don't want that. That's that something widow, you don't. That's a picture you don't want in your backyard. No, you don't. She pierces her with the knife. Yeah. And Bay Davis is Deadsville. Gorgeous almost last shot, by the way, where yes. it pans up from Betty Davis's body to the, the party that's going on inside yeah. the home. Yeah. Um, it's great. It it's, should have ended there, but it kind of it zooms in a little bit that yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't should, need that. It but. should have just been a cut to black. But it yeah. was very, um, very effective. And like, yeah, yeah just, a, just a pretty fun watch. It does peter yeah. out, I think, as it yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then yeah, I think it's it kind of redeems It's got some great by the, moments. By the end, yeah. when she gets stabbed, it's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Stabbed. For a film from 1940, from 85 years ago. So 84 years ago. We're, so. guys, we're, we're <laughs> Sorry about spoiling that. up and down. We told you yeah. who Kitty Foyle picked. I know you guys were all dying to know. Yeah. Kitty Foyle. Pick the doctor. <laughs> um, but now let's talk about a movie that uh, we can't spoil. And that's The Long Voyage Home. (laughs) The Long Voyage Home is based on multiple Eugene O'Neill short plays. I want to talk about this movie for 30 seconds. Continue. Yeah. Um, This, so, I basically texted Megan this. I, uh, as, you know, the same way we usually talk about these movies, this is how I try and watch them. As I watch them alphabetically and then I end with whatever one's best, best picture. And as I was going through, I was like, this is a good year. Like, where's the stinker going to be? And then I watched Long Voyage Home and there it was. I just didn't care. You're waiting, you're waiting for the stinker and, um, it, you don't care. You don't care. John Ford directed this. John Wayne plays a Swedish sailor. Yeah. And I've never believed something less in my life. The (laughs) conversation that he has with a guy where he's like, I go home where he's trying to speak in broke. He's like, it's clearly scripted that like broken English because he doesn't really speak English, but it's John Wayne. (laughs) If, If I had told you going into watching this movie that John Wayne was in this film and there was a character named Yank in this yeah. film, but John Wayne did not play did Yank. Did not play Yank. I would say, let's get that casting director. <laughs> let's let's go dig up the grave of that casting yeah. director and um, desecrate it. <laughs> I have some questions. Or bring animate that corpse. Bring it back to life because I have some questions. Whose idea yeah. was that? Um, yeah, it's just it's very boring. It's a group of sailors. And it's like one hijink to the next, but you really don't, um, you really don't care. I'm I'm learning from our journey doing this podcast and watching all these films that I think my least favorite genre is sailors slash soldiers. Like fucking two. With a few, with a few exceptions. Yeah. Yeah, with a few exceptions, you know, uh, that we've gone through, like, you know, movies like Saving Private Ryan, obviously, that we've talked about. But, like, for the most part, yeah, I just don't. I'm looking at you, Wake Island. 
and Mutiny on the Bounty. Battleground. Battleground, yes. Yeah. Movies that, like, I literally go back and I'm like, I watched that movie three months ago. I remember nothing Nothing. about it. Nothing. Yeah. Because they're ensemble pieces, I guess, but, like, you, but you never, you don't spend enough, I don't know, or maybe it's just so far from my purview, like, I just have no no context for this at all. Yeah. That I'm just like, I don't know. It ain't for me. No, sir. Yeah, the only thing even looking at my notes that really stands out is there is a part where they're reading a letter. Yes. The, the, and, the alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. And at a certain point, you're like, you can just probably stop reading that letter aloud. Yeah. Like, it's well, just... <laughs> The guy, the only other recognizable guy other than John Wayne in this movie is Driscoll, that guy who was in something. He's been in something that we liked Mm. him in. I'm going to look it up. Um, And so he's the guy that's reading the letter and like he kind of like drives most of the action and he's pretty good, you know, like so good for him. He's trying to make something. He's trying to put a put a bow on a turd. <laughs> What's that expression? <laughs> um, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's pretty much <laughs> a, it, right? Put, put a yeah, bow on a turd. Yeah. That's, that's what they call it. That's what they um, say. It, it just, just it just, I was, oh, he's I Uncle just Billy. feel like it's a very, he's Uncle Billy. It, are you hearing it, me? He's Uncle Billy. Yeah. He's Uncle Billy. Yes. It just feels like a very loosely connected four plays that it's like, yes, the characters are similar so we can try and sew this together, but it, it yeah. just, it feels very yeah. disjoint. Yeah. So, um, no, thanks. It, they do sing when Irish eyes are smiling at the end and it's very clear. John Wayne does not know the words to the song. No, <laughs> huh? nor did he bother to learn it. Yeah. That guy's an asshole. Fuck that guy. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's the long voyage home. Um, what's next? Our Don't town. Watch that movie. Our town. Okay. Another famous thing about me. Famously, um, yeah. I hate Our Town, the play. Uh, mm. When you grow up in a small little town of about 3,000, yeah, just over the border from Massachusetts in New Hampshire, yeah, these are all lines from my, Our Town that it describes my, my town as well. I actually wrote, Megan, have you been to Grover's Corners? That's the first thing I wrote. <laughs> like, did you ever Born play them race, in baby. water polo? Like... <laughs> Born and raised. They, you just read this play like literally every year. I think like my like elementary school or junior high did it like every four years. It'd be like we're yeah. doing our town again because it like yeah. is whatever. And also the whole thing of our town. So another reason why I hate our town, <clears throat> the play, is the whole thing of our town is like there's no staging. Like yeah, every t- you know, the, the, there's no set, there's no nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very bare bones. Very yeah. bare bones, super sparse. And I just, you got to give me something to look at. I want to mm. lay my eyeballs on something. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get my eyes. Seen. Mm. Anyway, this is one of the rare, maybe the only one, because a lot of times we talk about plays, and I'm like, mm. this is a play. I, it's better as a play. There's a reason why it's a play. It should be a play. This is one of the few times where I'm like, I think this works better as a movie. This is very interesting to me. Is it? We could not be more diametrically opposed on this wow. topic. Wow. I famously love Our Town. 
You live I got in enough, our town? I got in a fight in modern U.S. drama in college wait, 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 about a it, bunch of people saying... What was, his, what was his name? Jones? Jeffrey Eric Jenkins. Jeffrey, Jeffrey who? Jenkins. Jeffrey Eric Jenkins. Jeffrey Eric Jenkins. Um, I fucking, by the way, that was the best teacher I had in college. Jeffrey Eric Jenkins. Yeah. Love that Great guy. teacher. I had, all, I, took, I had three different classes with him. I'm Facebook friends with him to this day. Really? Um, Tell him yep. to listen. Tell him to listen, and I said he's great. Anyway, I love Our Town. I got in fights with people who said it was a bad play. I think it's a very good play. And I think it actually does not work as a movie for all the reasons I think you think wow. it does. Wow. Because I think they, the if point. they were going to do it as a movie, they needed to change it more. Like, I think the narrator character straight up just does, does not make any sense in a movie. Like... I this like, like the stage manager character, like it very, it didn't work for me at all. I think the whole third act really doesn't work um, in terms of the staging of Emily as dead. Well, that I because totally I think agree with. I think there is something like I get what you're saying about um, the staging throughout the play, but I think there is something in just the staging of like just chairs. Like as a cemetery, which is what usually happens with the yeah. staging of the play, and people just sitting there, that it feels very weird in this. Like I don't think it works. Well, here's I also, why it doesn't they, work because again, she's not dead at the end. Which well, yeah, undercuts and they change the, the end of the play, which thing. sucks. Yeah. yeah. So they so in our town, the play, the whole third act is because the first act is. Uh, their kids is them as like yeah they're in high school and she, Emily and George meet. Yeah. The, the second, second act, act is, is them their, getting married. Yeah, day of their wedding. And the third act is Emily dies in childbirth, and it's her, you know, with some of the characters we've met before that have passed away in the ten years since the wedding or whatever. Um, and it's all about how you know because everything is just like a, days in the life, yeah. and it's about how we don't really um, notice. Like, what life is until it's too late. Yes. That's, like, what it's all about. There's actually... I th- wonder if you would have liked this production. Uh, I think it probably happened right after you moved to L.A. David Cromer directed a production of Our Town off-Broadway that the first... Like, most of plays, it's done the same way. Very bare bones. But then when Emily goes to relive her 16th birthday, which is the day she chooses to go back and relive... All of a sudden, it's revealed, and it's like an actual home set, and you can smell the bacon cooking. Like, they're actually cooking bacon on scene, and it brings you, like, actually, it's not the staged version of the world. You're, like, in the actual world for this moment in time. That's actually an um, awesome idea. That sounds yeah, really it was, good. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, to say that I, I, my, I don't like Our Town because... <laughs> Again, because I sort of grew up in Grover's Corners, not sure. that I didn't enjoy my childhood, etc. But because uh, it was, it felt very forced down my throat. I read it sure. a, a million times. I've had to re- write a million things because I think pe- the you know, teachers were like, "Our town, like we live in our." And town, a young William Holden never offered to carry your books for you. Never. Oof. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Turns out I was kind of a bitch, and that's probably why. But um, you were da- weren't you? You were sort of dating Wally when his appendix <laughs> burst and he died on that Boy Scout trip, though, right? Or weren't you? <laughs> we were necking. We were necking in the back. 
Um, the other thing about the other thing I say that doesn't work that's interesting is probably partially just the transfer and like what exists, and we'll probably get more into this with certain films, like when we start back into the 30s and stuff. Is this film to me very much felt like it was made 10 years before all the rest of these movies? Just the look of it, yeah, it felt looks, much uh, older. The quality is not as good. I just I would yeah. say the quality is not as good. I assumed that was something to do with the 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 transfer or whatever. The, yeah, the way you pulled it. Um, I will say, I think that the first two acts for this kept my attention much more than the play has. I liked it. Mm-hmm. The last act is a mess. It she, again, Emily is dead, and the way they chose yeah. to show her in show them in the cemetery was sort of confusing. I was like, wait, yeah, and all- it's just like they're just like glowing orbs, but the actual actors sitting behind the glowing orbs. It's, yeah, which it's, is yeah. weird. It doesn't. It just doesn't work. It doesn't play. And then. Um, and then they undercut the entire fucking play by, yeah. at the end, she's not Having dead. Her, she actually survives. She yeah. survives. And they also, the, the strangest thing I think that they chose to do is in the play, there is a segment where they basically have people come out and talk about the town. So they have like a guy like come out and talk about like... The science of the town, and then they have, and then they have, you know, Mr. Webb talk about the, this is the Republican percentage, this is the Democratic percentage, blah, 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 blah. And then they take questions from the audience. And I remember this because my sophomore year of high school, we did Our Town, but it was not like an open cast show. At our high school, the advanced theater class did two shows a year, and then there were two just cast for many things shows you. Okay, brag. Cool. So I was in the advanced theater class, but I was a sophomore and that was obviously, oh, it was only sophomore, junior, seniors. So junior, seniors are going to get the main roles. So my role was belligerent man in the auditorium. And then like one of the like other people in the, you know, cemetery. Sure. But they cut my question. <gasps> they do the first two questions and then the belligerent man in the auditorium has like a whole question about like inequality in the town that the stage manager doesn't really know how to answer him and Mr. Weber. Like, uh, so he asked the question, then he storms out of the auditorium and they cut it. And I was like, how fucking dare you? Anyway, I thought it was weird. They kept any of that stuff. That was very <laughs> strange to me that like, if I was writing a screenplay version of our town, I'd be like, well, I'm definitely not keeping the questions from members of the uh, well, like that's audience. What I liked though. I was like, I like, I liked that. I was like, I'm going to go with this because whatever, because if there's already a narrator, who's kind of like narrating and looking at right. us, then I'm like, okay, Okay, then there's an audience, you know. Again, guys, it's Saltburn. It's camp. It's like, get on board. I don't don't think our town is camp. That's not usually how people would describe. You know, um, it's camp our town. Grover's Corner, New Hampshire, United United States States of America, America. the planet Earth, the Milky Way, the universe. universe. (laughs) And they delivered it all the same. I hate that fucking play. You know what? I take it Shut back. up, Re- Rebecca. Shut the fuck up. Shut up, Rebecca. Go shut to bed. Get off my ladder. Shut up. Take that um, fucking dress off, you, you damn dirty whore. So that's our town. So now we're going to talk about a movie that Megan has great reference for. Ugh. And I have to tell the story because well, I don't know that we've ever told it on the podcast. No, we haven't. Wait, have we? So, Whatever. We'll see. Maybe, but I don't know why we would have. Uh, no. Maybe we talked about it when we talked about 1995 because we talked about Clueless. So when Megan was about to get married to Maddie, mm-hmm. 
And if you didn't know, I officiated their wedding ceremony. I, I, I said this uh, during the ceremony. Mm-hmm. At Megan's bridal shower, you know, you do the game where they ask the groom to be questions and they ask the bride questions. And one of the questions was, what is your favorite movie? And Megan said that her favorite movie was The Philadelphia Story. And Maddie's answer was, Megan's favorite movie is Clueless, <laughs> but she'll probably say it's The Philadelphia Story. <laughs> when I tell you at my bridal shower, that fucking, that response went over like, uh, wait, I can't think of the analogy, like a fox in a hen house. People were mm-hmm. going crazy. Crazy. They were hooting and hollering and lagooning again. And then Craig repeated that at, in my uh, repeated that story in yeah. my wedding vows. Mm-hmm. And he's not wrong. Uh, but <laughs> if people say, "What's your favorite movie?" and it's like, and they're like, and they have glasses on and like a tie and like a suit, yeah. maybe it's like a professor. I gotta be impressive. Yeah. Then I'm gonna say. Um, it's the Philadelphia story. story. Yeah. I love. I do. I do love this movie. It's Great just. Movie. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just. I forgot charming. that it starts uh, with an extremely violent shove into the shove face from Gary Grant to Catherine Apper. Gary Grant takes his whole hand and <laughs> puts it on Catherine Hepburn's face and just pushes her over there. Yeah. I think I also um, identify with Catherine, not Catherine Hepper, not in the sense that I am a rich society girl, but um, she's kind of an annoying bitch, you know? She's kind of a little prissy brat, and I feel that deeply. I also just find Jimmy Stewart so attractive. So so basically, the movie is Catherine Hepper and Cary Grant, society people, they're getting divorced. and then Catherine Hepburn's going to marry a new, very boring guy. The doctor. George. Boyle, George. Um, and Cary Grant hatches kind of a scheme, which you don't find about, out about till like the end, really. Like it's all like, it's all like oh, this was all part of his plan um, yeah. to get Catherine Hepburn back because they belong together. Although I would like to see her with Jimmy Stewart who comes right. with his partner to cover the wedding because they're journalists. Yeah. And yeah. Um, then she kind of has like a whole wild night with Jimmy Stewart, which, yeah, I would pick Jimmy Stewart. He's so cute and charming. Yeah. This. And they're so cute together. And then Dinah, her little sister who was in Secret the fucking, MV- Secret MVP of the movie, Dinah. Secret MVP. She's so funny. She's so funny. And Dinah is, Dinah's it. She's the shit. Um, I love the exchange early on in the movie where Dinah does not want Tracy, no. the Catherine Hepper movie character, to marry George. She loves so, Cary Grant. Um, Who doesn't? So Who doesn't love Cary Grant? Tracy says, why don't you postpone the wedding? And Dinah says, how? And she says, get smallpox. <laughs> <laughs> there are some lines in this movie that is like that are like legitimately still funny today. I also love yeah. when she goes, my, she was yar. About the boat that they had? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the ultimate Catherine like, Hepburn line. Yeah. My, she was yar. And she has to explain to Jimmy Stewart what yar means. It's fucking mm-hmm. great. This movie just is like, 
And then, and she gets super drunk. Kate Blanchett's entire performance in The Aviator is based on why she was Yar, yeah, by the why way. Yeah, she was Yar. Like, <laughs> she watched Philadelphia Story a million times and just did that. Because I also believe in this movie that, like, Catherine Hepburn is just playing herself. She wears, yeah. like, pants and has, like, kind of, wi- like, witty witticisms that she yeah. says and is just sort of, like, and is just, like, kind of, like, a rich white-collar girl. And I'm, like, yeah. respect. It's great. Um, it's a great movie. Stuart has a speech pretty late in the movie to Catherine Hepburn that's, like, an all-timer. Yep. Um, I agree with you. I would choose Jimmy Stewart if I'm Tracy, but you also don't want to see Liz... No, not Sad end up Liz. with Jimmy Stewart. I know Liz is his partner, and she's in love. It's very early, like early on. It's like she's in love with Jimmy Stewart, and yeah, you know what? They'll always have that one wild night. Yeah, you know the only thing I don't like about this movie is I kind of wish that they didn't uh, sort of end up making uh, Mister Lord like okay. Because he's he's a shitty dad, and yeah. I and I I wouldn't mind leaving the movie being like that guy sucked. That Tracy should have just given it to him and not like yeah uh, apologized or or yeah. you know I'm glad yeah. you're here, Dad. Yeah. It's like no, he's off sleeping no, with showgirls. Yeah. Your mom seems great. Yeah, don't don't yeah. That's very of the time. It feels that feels very of the time. Yeah, forgiving. Men, um, how long men. do you give? How long do you give Tracy and Dext this time around? No, not a <laughs> couple years. And then yeah. they, I'd say a couple of years. Probably she has a kid this they, time because they get like real horned up for each other. Yeah. And then do you the think, whole thing uh, plays out again. How many times do you think they marry? I bet it's like, I bet it's like four times. Yeah. I bet it's like, and I bet they don't end up together ultimately. Yeah. After their kid is grown, they have some like really plucky daughter. And after she like is you know, 16 or whatever, they split for the last time and they always have like fondness for each other, but they yeah. just can't be in the same room together. They'll all, they're always fighting. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Um, as, al- as always, we talk about on this podcast, there's only so much to say about good movies. So um, I think we can move on. I, I think so too. And to speaking of good movies, good movie. Rebecca. This movie fucking slaps. It's awesome. It's so good. I was, I was rewatch in rewatching it this time. I was like, "This is." I think this is maybe my favorite Hitchcock movie. You know what's funny is he. I this is per Maddie. I guess said like something along the lines of, "It's not really a Hitchcock movie." He had a lot yeah. of problems with this, and part part of the reason why he said that it wasn't a Hitchcock movie is because there's no humor in it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's what makes it so good it's like it is unrelentingly kind of like fucked and dark and yeah it's great also and I it does it has its dark the, comic the woman moments in the beginning the the the, the woman oh, that yeah. she's working for in the beginning is yeah. actually pretty funny the paid companion yeah. that she's the paid companion for yeah. um also it has the moment when they're at lunch and he's they're trying to figure out what um the new mrs de winter does like what her hobbies are, and they like ask, and then he goes, "You don't sail, do you?" Oh, thank heaven! Or that's good. Yeah. And then he's like, "Whoops!" Because <laughs> you know I that saw, last one. Yeah, I saw somewhere someone was like, "Who is the most villainous yeah. 
character in film that does not kill anyone of all time. And I can't remember the people they listed. Um, I think like they put like Nurse Ratchet, you know, stuff like that. But I would put Danvers up there. She's here's the thing about her. I I feel bad for her because there's clearly yeah. some there's some gay shit going on. There is yeah. there is some very clearly telegraphed. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know this year we do have several cases you know because of course Simon Stimson in our town where they're yeah. just like he was you know the alcoholic they're like yeah. he just wasn't built for small town life it's yeah. like yeah yeah because he's gay because he's gay because he's gay and he's the sense of <laughs> yeah. the choir guy yeah. and Miss Danvers loved Rebecca yeah. loved her embroidered her pillow for her kept her yeah. ring exactly the same interesting to me that uh, she I guess maybe out of guilt uh, what's his face the Duke the Duke. <laughs> his fucking name Lawrence Olivier whatever he didn't step in uh, Max 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 sorry Max didn't step in and be like hey we're gonna like repurpose this wing because it's weird <laughs> that you're yeah. keeping this all exactly the yeah. same um, but she kind of got hers uh, kind of she got just hers like, yeah just she loved it My walking around that fire this movie, the, I think the part that rules so hard is just that you never see her you never yeah. see Rebecca. You don't even see a picture of Rebecca. You just yeah. you, she just doesn't exist. You know, yeah. it's the idea of her is so much more powerful. And mm-hmm. even at the end, when he's explaining how he killed her, to again spoilers for Rebecca, uh, to um, the new Mrs. Manderley narrator, as she would be called in the book. And yes, narrator. Uh, when they're explaining it, she's explaining it to her. You, you are building a picture of it in your head, but it doesn't show a flashback or anything. Like he's just explaining yeah. it all, like what happened. And it's so much more powerful and well done having not known what happens. Yeah. This movie is great. Yeah. I love when Danvers is trying to get her to jump. After she's, you know, embarrassed her at the ball. At the ball. Uh, By wearing the exact same... I love that, too. Exact same thing that Rebecca wore a year before, whenever they had the last ball. Um, My wife, several years ago, when she was still in grad school, went to a Halloween party with a friend from undergrad. And every year, the Halloween party had a different theme, and the theme was Hitchcock. And I was like, go as... Mrs. DeWinter, but with the picture frame. So wear the thing and then have the picture frame around you. And That's you know what? So she won the costume contest. No. She did, yeah. So. Okay. Because, you know, there were like probably 700 Hitchcock blondes there. I just go as myself. Someone doing the birds. Uh-huh. Yeah, someone doing the birds. <laughs> I just go as myself and I'd be like, I'm Rebecca. You oh, I would, I thought people would be like, oh, I, you're Rebecca? <laughs> I I thought you were the mom from Psycho. <laughs> and I just go, you know, I get that all the time. You're not Norman's that. mother? You're no, not, no, 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 that's you can not tell I'm Rebecca because I, I, I threw on a coat of mascara, but yeah. you can't, you, oh, you don't notice that I'm wearing, ma- oh, okay. They're like, oh, because you're pregnant. <laughs> No, just a little, um, no, I just had a burrito 
No, um, I just thought it was interesting because you know, no one knows what Rebecca. So it's actually it's, a, it's smart for me. It's a smart. Um, anyway, tra- I have to go. I just off. forgot. I have to go. I have to go I home. Go. I have to get the train. Ooh, the tra- the so A train. The A train goes out at nine, so I gotta go. I gotta get on the train. So, thank you. Bye. Good night. Oh, that's one thing I don't miss about living in New York. Was going to various parties in various parts of Queens and Brooklyn and having to hoof mm-hmm. it back to the train and it's freezing cold and you wore a skirt like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you imagine anything worse than thinking that you're pregnant and then them being like, no, actually you have cervical cancer. Yeah, no, that's really tough. Yeah. That was sad. That was sad. Yeah. And, but also really, their, all of their reactions, it was very boom, shakalaka. <laughs> George Sanders, another great George Sanders performance. Yeah. Crazy that he he's is, a real, he's a real villain in this too. He is a real villain. He is a yeah. so his like memoir was called something like The Life of a Cad or something. Like he mm-hmm. he like had a lot of different affairs with a lot of different very beautiful women, which I think is so funny because he telegraphs very homosexual to me. Yes. Yeah. He's not he was yeah. not. There you go. Um Rebecca, great movie. Great and movie. John Fontaine, what a queen. Saves the pup at the end. Yeah. <laughs> we God, love that. The, the second I was like, that dog better not die. Dog's okay. Yeah. Um, she makes some great faces in this movie, too. Yeah, she does. Um, that are over the top, but I love every single one of them. If they I'm all Mrs. work. If I'm Mrs. Manderley, I'm like, listen, you know what I'm going to act like? I'm going to act like that one chick from the Gilded Age who was uh, Bertha Russell's like dresser and then married rich and then was just like, I'm in the club, guys. Like, deal with it. What are they going to mm-hmm. do? What are they going to do to you? I'd be like, we're having a yeah. party. I'm going to spend your money. Don't even worry about it. Oops. Uh, particularly because, you know what, shit. like, he's, like, not, like, he is very infantilizing, which I know she kind of likes because she clearly has daddy issues. Um, but they need to see I'd be like, for sure. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm spending your money. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to be my daddy, then daddy, <laughs> I want. Does, the I only question is, does he have money or does he just have this estate, which is now burned to the ground? I don't know. Great. Great cue. Actually, great yeah. cue. I, well, you know what? Sell some of fucking Rebecca's furs or whatever. Because if I've learned one thing from watching Downton, it's sometimes you just have the estate. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't have anything else. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well. We've reached the end of our nominee list. We've reached the end of our nominee list, which means 1. only one thing some, is that we bars. have to, we got to rank them. Shit. <clears throat> Okay, um, are we going back and forth? Let's go, let's go back and forth. Okay, well, 10 is very easy for me, and that's Long Voyage Home. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is a absolute given. It's not a good movie. Yeah. Um, shit, now, is the, now it's like a little tricky, honestly, yeah. you know? Yeah. Shit. I think, and I'm sorry to do it, but I do think I'm going to put... Again, this is not, I mean, we're in the middle of like, I don't know, like, what did I enjoy yeah. more? And I think I'm going to put The Great Dictator next. Interesting. So this, yeah. we're going to have a pretty big gap here, I think. Um, I'm putting Our Town here because I don't really think it works as a movie. And I hate, hate the ending. Yeah, I hate the ending too. Yeah. I hate the ending too. Uh, number eight for me is Grapes of Wrath. 
Um, I'm going to go uh, with uh, Foreign Correspondent at number eight. Okay, number seven for me is Our Town. I like the first two acts. I think the ending, it does look fucking good. Yeah. Um, number seven, I'm going to go with, I think, I'm going to go with The Letter. Um, number six for me is the letter. Okay. And then my number six, I think is going to have to be Grapes of Wrath. Number, number five. five. Number five. All this in heaven, too. Hmm. Right in the middle. Um, my number five is Kitty Foil. My number four is Kitty Foil. And my number four is All This in Heaven, too. My number three is Foreign Correspondent, which I have quite a bit higher than you, but I think it's because I, I'm putting it at number three because of the, honestly, the plane crash scene, the, the water right. rushing in and the plane crash or whatever is, is very cool. And there's some cool shots, like when he, when the guy's being tortured, the Dutch guy, and it uh-huh. like cuts to the group. I of didn't men mention this when we were talking about it, but I was like, if everyone thinks this guy is dead, why are you torturing him? Yeah. Great question. You could just, whatever. <laughs> um, um but there are some I have, cool visuals in it. Yeah. I have I have problems with it on a macro level, but there are cool yeah. visuals. Um, I have the Great Dictator number three, but I knew our top two would be the same. Of course, I am not surprised if they're flipped. Okay, I'm gonna say my number two is Rebecca, and my number two is the Philadelphia Story. Yep, and my number one is the Philadelphia Story, and my number one is Rebecca. Both those movies slap, though, so hard. Yeah. And if you yeah. haven't seen them, you should watch them. They're both, like, excellent movies. Did you know Rebecca is not streaming, period? Like, you can't even purchase it on iTunes to rent really? or Why anything? Not? Yeah. I have no idea. It's, it's very not, like, strange. It's unknown. It won yeah, Best I think Picture. Yeah, I think it's the only Best Picture winner that you cannot. And I'm not even talking about, like, I can't watch this on HBO Max. Like, you can't even buy so I there's obviously it's must be tied up in some sort of rights issue with somebody, but well, again, for an eighty five year old movie, Hitchcock hates this because he he didn't win the Oscar because this movie won, yeah. but he wasn't a yeah. producer on it, so he didn't even win an Oscar for that. It's great. Yeah. it's such a good movie. Um, okay, so did you you did not watch any other things no, from I your, do, I did. anything I had two else two other movies two other movies to oh talk great about. i have two movies to talk about i okay. wonder if it's the same too well one of them is is very famous from this year another comedy yeah. uh, which is his girl friday that's one of mine it's a fucking great movie it's not yeah. as funny and not as romantic to me as mm-hmm. the philadelphia story it does sort of everything that philadelphia story does but just not as well um, that's my hot take. I also, but I think it's great. It's like, yeah. it's a, it's a great movie. It's a classic for a reason. I just think it's a romantic comedy. And I think Philadelphia, Philadelphia story is funnier and it's also more romantic. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? I Yeah. I like His Girl Friday a lot, but I think for me, it's mostly the interplay between Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant yeah. in that movie. And when it gets bogged down a little bit in the plot mm-hmm. towards the end, I think it loses a little yeah. steam when it becomes more about the uh, the murder trial. Yeah. Because it doesn't. Because yeah. it doesn't matter. You want to just see yeah. the, the two of them. Yeah. But it's very good. I'd never seen His Girl Friday before. Really? Watched it for the first oh, time for yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, I went yeah. through a real Cary Grant phase, like in high school, and I watched all of that stuff. But yeah. Philadelphia Story for the win. Um, and then the other movie that I watched from this year is The Shop Around the Corner. Oh, okay. Because Maddie, Maddie loves that movie. Um, yeah. And it's also like a romantic comedy. Uh, yeah. And it's very cute. And the the basis for, for you've got mail. You've got mail. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's more it's more old fashioned. Yeah. If, if, you know, um, the other movie cute. I watched from this year uh, is Pinocchio. Oh, wait, the animated Pinocchio? Mm-hmm. Oh, that movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. It's honestly pretty terrifying. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty scary. Yeah. Um, He's you know, like you'll get turned into a donkey. Yeah. You Sold know into what, slavery, goes into a whale's stomach goes to pleasure island that guy has real jeffrey epstein vibes get out of there um it is weird in retrospect that i don't think i wonder i doubt it still exists i feel like disney world that used wasn't the adult area of disney world when we were growing up called pleasure island pleasure island yeah 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 it was called pleasure island yeah and that's where you would go uh, and get turned into a donkey. <laughs> somebody just posted the other day, somebody I follow on Instagram, Tracy Morrissey, posted uh, like footage of, or maybe it was Amy Sedaris, somebody posted footage of um, like adults dancing on Pleasure Island in like 1985. And it is mm-hmm. something to see. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. It's, and I wonder if Pleasure Island's one of those things, like, because Typhoon Lagoon, like, they closed, right? But it's still, like, yeah. there. Yeah. Is it or, just like, sitting? one of the but water parks, like, it's just, like, sitting, like, empty. No way like, would they have, with Disney, they're, Disney's too fucking money hungry. There's, they wouldn't just have something just closed. But Pleasure Island does not exist anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Pinocchio, good movie. So it's a good good Disney film. But here's much, the thing: is like here's, all these here's better, much better than uh, the Guillermo del Toro version. I said it, and I'm into it, and I feel that way. Come come for me. Um, it closed. By the way, it didn't close until 2016. Oh wait, Pleasure uh-huh. Island Family Theme Park in Northeast Lincolnshire. Pleasure Island Disney. I'm gonna do some <laughs> deep diving on this and get back to you. Um, while you're doing that deep diving, it's time to talk about it. Megan went on another movie podcast, and she talked about Titanic. I did. And it was tough to do that without you, because I know how much you love to talk about Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're always... We've like, never I, done it on think, this pod, for sure. It's no. never been mentioned, so... Um, I was on a podcast called Mama Needs a Movie with yeah. former guest Ryan Perez... And his co-host, Ann Riemann. And um, she is a mother and needs she needs a movie. So 
So she was like, she what movies should I be watching? That's kind of the yeah. conceit of the podcast. And I was like, let me tell you, the best movie to watch at all times, Titanic. Turns out actually not. There's a lot of child death in that, and I haven't watched it since I had a child. And when you have a child, it's uh it it's like sucks. It's like a real Achilles heel. I actually that. was saying when we were talking about Philadelphia Story versus Clueless, I was like, well, I feel like Megan would say Titanic is, but I had listen. I listened to your podcast, listened to your episode, and I was like, maybe that's maybe not her favorite movie anymore because of all the child death. Because uh, of all the child death, it might not be. Although yeah. the music still really gets me. Should we revisit Titanic? Should we go <laughs> back to Titanic? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, the things you forget, because I don't know when the last time I watched Clueless is, is that famously Dion hits a four-year-old when she's driving the car for the first time. <laughs> Duh, like she totally paused. <laughs> it was terrible talking about movies without you, Craig. It was really upsetting. Yeah, well. We didn't have a shorthand. They had a lot, they had a lot more fancier, you know, more intellectual references than we usually are yeah from. I know I know you actually reference like you said I, yeah, I have to watch foreign correspondent and then both of them were like immediately like I love oh, foreign, love correspondent. foreign correspondent my favorite movie meanwhile I want to go back and be like it's not that great you know I put it number three I'm like it's fine yeah, it's okay it's fine. the only two movies from this year really and and I say this as people as somebody who enjoyed Nine out of the ten movies. Nine, watching yeah. the nine out of the ten. The only two movies that I'm like, because there's a lot of movies to watch in this world. I still haven't yeah. watched Poor Things. So the only things that I'm I'm really recommending you go back and watch are Philadelphia Story and Rebecca. And also, you know, while you have the extra three hours, Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> unless you have a uh, unless you recently had a child and child death may upset you. There's a dead. There may be I mean, there's pause. Like, there's the dead baby. It's like, yeah. like, it's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, Megan, are there any, is there any chance in this world that you God. have seen a film from 2024? God, absolutely not. But I've been following along with your um, TikTok reviews and. Yeah. I posted a new one today. I saw that you have a new number one from this year. It's a new number one, and it's a movie called How to Have Sex, because I figured at the age of 40, I should finally should learn. learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this movie is very uh, upsetting. It is about three British uh, girls who have just finished secondary school or high school, as we would call it here in the States. Um, and they go to Malia, Greece, which is like for a beach-like vacation. Um, and one of the girls, Tara, uh, is like dead set on losing her virginity while they're there. And it sounds like it's going to be like, oh, it's like super bad, but like three British girls. Um, and it is very much not that. It is very upsetting. Um, it's a lot of house music and heavy drinking and possible sexual assault. Um, but the lead actress, whose name is Mia McKenna-Bruce, I think is is pretty stunning in the film. She uh, has real Florence Pugh energy. I think she's someone to watch. Um, this is the second year in a row a BAFTA-nominated movie that was like really big at the British Independent Film Awards for the previous year uh, got like a February release. That movie Emily that um, I liked last year, yeah. starring Emma Mackey as Emily Bronte. Uh, it was the same thing. It came out like in February or early March or something. Um, but anyway, if it, if I'm sure it'll be on like Hulu or something in like a month uh, if it's not in your local independent theater. Uh, but I thought it was, it was worth the watch. 
Would you call this upsetting. girl a pew pupil? She's a pupil. A pupil. She's mm-hmm. a pupil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I worked I would on say, that. Yeah. I worked on that while you were. Yeah. Working. But if you're interested in my little, you know, minute to two minute reviews, you can uh, check those out at Craig's List of Films on either Instagram or TikTok. Just in time, I hear my son awakening. Megan, do you have anything Back I could to plug? The salt mines. <laughs> yeah. Plug. I'm plugging myself, me as a mother, as a better mother than uh, that one chick in um, All This in Heaven too. Yeah. Um, I haven't said this in multiple episodes, and I realized it today, but you can follow us on Twitter at yeah, The Oscar Should. You can that. follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Oscar Should Have Gone To. Um, and of course, if you like what you listen to, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks. We'll be talking about the 10 nominees for the 2023 Best Picture uh, Academy Awards uh, that are coming up. And then uh, after that, we'll. We'll figure out what we're doing. But uh, we, as always, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen.